College football fans, welcome back to the College Ball Show. He's Marshall, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk about good old college football weekend review. Got a whole lot to talk about. Texas gets it done in OT. Bedlam was Bedlam. OK State comes out um, of that rivalry with some bragging rights for, you know, the foreseeable future. Washington's rush game came to the party. I think that may, you know, bode well for them moving forward. That was what their defense has been great, but their rush game, if they could bring their rush game with it, along with that quarterback and wide receiver set, man, that's going to be really, really interesting. Ohio State outlasts Rutgers. Ole Miss gets by A&M. Bama pulls away from LSU. Georgia closes out Mizzou. Whole lot of stuff. Whole lot of stuff to talk about. Clemson finally gets a marquee win, a top 25 win. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot to talk about for week 10. Of course, we're going to look forward to week 11. Preview, betting lines, banter, give our picks um, against the spread. A whole lot of variety of things we're going to talk about. And then... Somewhere right in between, coming off the recap and going into the preview prediction, we will discuss the first playoff rankings uh, as well. It does kind of suck we do this on a Monday, so we're always a day before, um, but it is what it is. We'll, we'll definitely talk a little bit about that. Um, I think there's some talkers there, but I also think that we get caught up and talking about the first ranking sometimes too much. And every year I'm kind of reminded of this. And I look back and, and you look at some of the first ones. I remember Mississippi State and, like, some ones where you're like, nah, dude, that was never going to happen, you know. Um, whereas this year it's a little different. But, um, yeah, we'll definitely discuss that. If this is your first time listening to the College Ball Show, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope dope radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and rope dope and download the show there directly. If you don't want to, you can find the College Ball Show under rope dope radio on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, uh, Google Podcasts. You can download the podcast app. There's a variety of other places you can do it. Just Google it, College Ball Show, rope dope uh, And one more thing, you know, while you're at that, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com and sports. Uh, Sports News 24, we got big value for big fans. Get entertainment pa- the entertainment package and DirecTV Sports Pack for only $84.99 a month plus taxes um, with a 24-month agreement. You can lock it in. Choose the, Either way, though, choose the DirecTV stream package that's right for you, starting at $69.99. That's DirecTV. Stream. Okay, let's go ahead and bring in my co-host, Marshall. Man, almighty. We, like I said, we knew on paper we had a lot of rank versus ranked, but the the rank versus unranked, a, a handful of them were like, wow, that's a good game. That's a pretty damn good game. And, man, it really did turn out that way. Whether their game's... Um, like that Alabama LSU and that even Ohio State uh, Rutgers, a couple other games that, sure, when you look at the final score, you know, it doesn't look like it was all that tight of a game, but they were. 
but like Georgia 32 or 30 to 21, obviously Washington 52 to 42, you know, OT 3330 with Texas and K State, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma 27 24, 38 35, Old Miss. And the list goes on. Clemson wins by a touchdown. Uh, that scrappy Colorado team tried to get in it, but Oregon State, you know, just got that lead and kind of sat on it. I mean, a lot of games like that. Kansas going in, uh, you know, to Iowa State got that job done. So Army pulled an upset, actually. So there is just a ton to talk about. But let's talk about um, the Big 12 and the SEC first. Texas and K-State, Texas gets up, you know, really early in that game. Kind of looked like, wow, huh, boy, I thought that was going to be a tighter game, especially, you know, with the, uh, you know, the, the, the scenario with the quarterback, you know, for, for Texas. But they jumped out, what, 17 to zip, something like that. It was 17 to 7 at half. And it looked really bad even after half. I mean, I think they got to 27-7, to but there was a after-the-half K-State interception, fumble, three and out. You know, it, it just was – it was ugly. It was it was really ugly. Came all the way down to the wire. They they lost in OT, uh, turnover on downs. But um, what did you think of this game, man? I mean, I, I was kind of surprised that they started so hot. They obviously really – Buckled down on the run game. They almost had two guys, uh, Baxter and Brooks, uh, over 100. Um, and don't get me wrong, Howard had a damn good game, but um, they couldn't run the ball, which kind of surprised me a little bit that K-State couldn't mount a rushing attack. But I suppose, you know, when you're down 17 to zip and ultimately 27-7, you're going to be winging it around, but just – as far as not getting much done early in that game kind of cost them. Yeah. Uh, good evening, Chris. Um, Texas, man, they're, they're kind of scraping out with the backup, uh, scraping by with the backup. Uh, Ewers has had a really good year this year, but again, he, he decided not to slide and he, he took the punishment for it. And unfortunately the team is going to have to scrape by a little bit more until he's back. Uh, he got shouldered really hard by linebacker. And now you got Malik Murphy, who, Maybe he's going to be an okay quarterback, but he's, he's, I guess, doing all right. But again, it, whether it's NFL or college, when the back quarterback comes in, you normally see a bit of a downgrade. Now, again, in the first half, they, they were moving. Uh, again, you had a 17 to seven halftime lead, which is not bad. Um, but then in the second half, you kind of lost some momentum. Uh, K-State got some momentum and they really got rolling. And they made it, you know, they kicked a field goal time ending to go into overtime. Uh, so, um, if you took K-State plus three and a half, you, you cash that bet. Um, I know we discussed on the show, I believe you, you for sure said, uh, that you liked that K-State plus three and a half line, which was a, a, a good bet. Hopefully you took it. Um, and Howard again did his part. That guy's been about as reliable as a quarterback as you can have. He's maybe not ever going to be like a Heisman guy, but for, for the years he's given K State, he's given them some pretty damn good years. Um, I guess, Chris, my biggest issue with the game was the decision by Kleinman, who's the K State head coach, formerly from NDSU, where I went to college, the, the Bison who won their fair share of FCS titles. And his decision to go for fourth and one 
from like the six yard line in the first OT. The reason I think it's a stupid decision, which he doubled down on in the post game press conference, was he's like, "Man, I, I I'm I'm happy we went for it. I'd do it again." But the part I don't get is is why, like you're okay. So te- you hold Texas to three points in the first overtime, which is good. And anytime in college football, you don't let a team score. It's a positive. And again, mind you, you're playing their backup. Um, you won the fourth quarter, sixteen to three. And I could get Chris if you're on the road and you're a dog. Like if you're like if you're two and five, if you're out of the conference race, like if shit's not going your way this year, dude, we're trying to pull an upset. Cool. Because in theory, the conventional wisdom is you 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 can be more aggressive on the road for overtime. But you're legit contending for a Big Twelve title, and why you are so sheepish to kick a field goal and make it three to three, and this would have been a like a twenty four yard field goal, which you should make in college football. Um, and then you go over you, you go into the second OT, and it's your ball again. Again, you have momentum. I just really pondered the decision to go for it. And of course the play they called was a disaster and he made it. Hold on, there like, was two OTs. No, I'm saying if, if you kick the field goal, you're easily going oh, to the okay. second overtime. Like you should make it. Oh yeah. Okay, okay. My bad, yeah. My bad. I was like, so, I, and, I, I'm missing this, but I get what you're oh, saying. And, and, and then, so yeah. Okay. So then in the second overtime, you'll have the ball again. So first, instead of going for the it. win, just yeah. go for the tie. Yeah, kicked over. Yeah, and and the, he said go for the win, but it was like fourth and one on the six yard line. So even if you convert that, it's not a, it's not like you're guaranteed to hop in the end zone. You're not doing like the the Philadelphia tush push, which I hate to see because that plays unstoppable. But um, I just didn't quite get like I normally when a rationale is given like that, Chris, for my years of watching college football, it's because the team that was on the road wanted to pull off an upset and they just felt they didn't have a chance. But dude. Again, if you win that game, you are literally tied for first with them in conference. So I, I respect the aggressiveness. I do. But, Coach, take the field goal. You, you have the better quarterback. You have momentum. You, you, you're you starting off with the ball. And, again, hey, if you tie in the second OT, hey, and then you're literally doing two-point conversions. It's like the old college football OT where, you know, it's a 50-50. Who knows what's going to happen? Like, you're doing two-point plays. I just thought it was a weird time call. Now, again, if they make the call, they win overtime, so be it. But when you balance out the pros and the cons, man, now it can come back to bite them because they easily could finish the year running the table in the Big 12, possibly. And then you look back, you're like, well, damn, coach, if, if we'd kicked the field goal, we could have maybe beat Texas. So I thought the aggressiveness on the call was strange. Um, but besides that, we got a good game. I know we predicted it. Um, I know K-State has been a thorn to the side of o- OU and Texas. I bet that's one team they will not miss. Obviously, the SEC will probably present thorns on the sides as well. But K-State has made Oklahoma and UT fans live some miserable Saturdays out. So they ain't going to miss playing K-State anymore. But, damn, I I just I didn't quite get the press conference clip. And if you're Texas, man, you need Ewers back. Again, Murphy's doing his part. We've had a couple of games now where you can't afford to slip up. Because the logjam for second place to whoever's going to play in Dallas in the backyard in a month from now for the Big 12 title is tight. And uh, 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 they, they, they need yours back. I'm not breaking news there. But you need your star back because if, if Texas loses the game before yours comes back, they might miss out on the Big 12 title too. Like, it is such a logjam conference. It's just crazy. 
And then it was fourth and goal, right? They didn't have only one yard to pick up. I, I really I, – maybe I missed – but I thought yeah, it, was it was fourth, fourth and goal. I, oh, I just okay. looked at it. Okay, fourth and goal from the they, they, they got a first down at the eight, got to the – got a couple yards okay. on the other downs, but it was fourth right. and goal. Gotcha. Okay, so fourth the, and goal from the six. I kicked the field goal, but that's me. I just I, – I, what, what, what was your thoughts on that, brother? Yeah, I'm in between because – I, I, I'm leaning more your side just because, like you said, a lot of times you say, well, we, we're, we're, we're not on the same field with this team with talent, right? True. Especially at the quarterback position. And that wasn't the case. You know, like you said, that wasn't the case at all. And I, and I also thought you said, you know, something really smart about the momentum. You already closed the damn game so well. And, and I know some of the, you know, there was turnovers that helped them, obviously. True. That's football. But, um, I mean, they had, like, in four plays, they scored, like, three times or something like that. It was like, bam, <laughs> bam, bam. Holy shit, what's going on? I'm like, wow, okay, hang on. My plus four is what I had it at. Um, is my hit here. Hold on. Uh, but, yeah, that uh, I would have went, went for uh, the field goal as well um, based off of having the better quarterback. Like you said, I – think that does play into it I get those teams and I don't even know if you got to be you know two or three win team at this moment I get the teams that you're like dude we're just not we're just not as good as them man they're gonna they're gonna score here and but you'd already you you literally had already hold them to a field goal you know so yeah I I, I hear you there I definitely hear you there I mean it would have been a you know a big win had they have you know gotten it done but yeah I I agree you could have went to the the other overtime and here we are texas okay state five and one apiece five teams at four and two ku ou kansas state west virginia and iowa state all four and two man that man that has just been a fun conference and it feels like i said this last week a lot of times we go conference to conference right for our college ball show by the way you know mid-January that's going to kick in after the national championship for football. That's why we call it the, the college ball show. But that's how that damn, you know, that's how you can just look at any given time during the year. And it just, that's how it looks for basketball. Uh, that was, uh, that was crazy, man. That was really crazy. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you. I, I think they could have went to the field goal and, and, and you know, and live to see another day and, and, and see what happened in another overtime. Like you said, you had a chance to put the pressure on them. And then maybe that's when you take the risk if you're in that same scenario instead of kicking the field goal. Um, but yeah, that you know, either way, uh, fun ass game. And yeah, all but like last year, all but I think seven of the last eight or something like that have been really tight games between these two. Um, well, you know, the Cowboys and the Sooners went head to head. In that great rivalry game, um, something that stands out, I guess you could say, that's worth mentioning with about right around five minutes left, maybe a little under five, four or five minutes left, there was a, a non-PA or PA, PI call. Um, that was a clear call. I don't know how they didn't call it. Dude grabbed his arm, probably would have had a touchdown or would have had it right there. They had to settle for a field goal. But you still had time after that. It's not like uh, – that's the one sole reason, you know, why you lost or anything like that. I just think it's, uh, 
you know, worth bringing up. And, and, you know, you had the ball, you know, with a little bit of time anyway, that's for sure. Um, and, and to be honest with you, like, that first half, you know, was just all over the place. I mean, it started out really good for both teams. Um, then there was, like, a fumble, a fumble, missed field goal, turnover on downs. I mean, for a while there, Oklahoma State, I mean, after they made it 17-14, to 14, Marshall, fumble, free and out, turnover on downs, turnover on downs, turnover on downs, interception, and then finally a touchdown. Um, that's exactly why I'm saying it didn't come down to that one P.I. call. I just wanted to mention that. Um, they really could have easily won this game, you know what I mean, if they would just um, finish some of those drives even with field goals. Yeah, you know, the, I think the biggest surprising thing to me is that from watching this game over the years is the fact that Oklahoma never scored double-digit points in a single quarter. They scored seven, 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 and three. That is the tip of the cap to Oklahoma State because up until these last couple weeks, Dylan Gabriel has really had a hell of a year. But the fact that in a rivalry game, which might be the last time they play for a while, which would be sad because this is a great rivalry. Maybe they can do some non-conference games if they're willing to take the risk. Um, but there's been so many years where it's been like Baker or Kyler Murray or someone that just like would drop 50 on Oak State. The fact that Oklahoma State, Chris, held OU to 24 points is pretty damn impressive. The Especially those years with Baker. I mean, these are like 50 to 45 games. They're like or 48 to 42 they're only pretty high scoring. So the fact that it's 27-24, I know that's like still, what, 51 points. Um, but that's relatively You're low. You're right, though. For, it is low scoring for that. For, for this game, yeah. You know, you're used to some good shootouts. But I will say um, there was – it was kind of a sloppy played game, like you said, turnovers, but also penalties. Um, there was a, a, a stretch there in the second and third quarter where, like, so many drives got delayed just due to a penalty. And, you know, I mean, I guess um, maybe they penalties do happen. That is football. But there was a lot of them from both teams. Um, so, hey, I, I've a huge tip of the cap to Mike Gundy because I, I don't know what happened, but that team, like, transformed from yeah. getting their doors blown off by South Alabama and looking like complete dumpster fire. And we had them in Oklahoma. We had them versus Iowa State in the crafty crap pick of the week, which was a yeah. game that deserved the title. And, right. and, and it was a bad football game. And even in that game, Oklahoma State looked like trash. And since then, they've been on a heater. Like that team hasn't lost. So whatever transformed from that South Alabama loss to the Iowa State loss to, all right, guys, we're we're a new team. Like. If you'd have told me they'd be ranked and five and one in the Big Twelve, like after what we saw the first four games there, I'd be, I, I would call you on BS. So, um, credit to them and Oklahoma. Like my good friend, who's a big fan, there says they keep shooting themselves in the foot, whether that is penalties or turnovers, or um, you can't really blame the defense. He gave them twenty-seven points or over again. That's not bad. They they did they held their own. They're on the Texas. field a lot too, thirty-seven to twenty-three, basically. That's yeah, a it's lot of it's time of it's almost like you kind of have to pick your battles because we'll get to that with uh, USC later. Um, of Oklahoma's become more of a, a little bit more of a defensive team, and for their last handful of games, whether it was UCF or now Oklahoma State or even last week, oh, you struggled a bit. It seems like offensively, despite the great year Dylan Gabriel started off having, 
not that his numbers are bad. They just oh, haven't yeah. quite had the regular rhythm that an OU offense normally has, Chris. And I guess they've just kind of flipped to being a defensive scripted team, which is just kind of a, a change in general. And when you mix that up with mistakes, it, it, it leads you to be in close games and some you can't always pull out. Yeah, and, you know, maybe it can get a little too high after that big win, you know. And, and, and True. Of, most people thought, even though it wasn't some sort of huge, huge point spread or something like that in favor of Texas, but most people thought Texas was going to win that game. Uh, just based off what Oklahoma State had done last year, to be honest with you. You know, a lot of people thought, ah, they're uh, they're they're not rebuilding, but they're not as good as you know. It's gonna take them a while. Let's see if this guy can do it, and, and to get that kind of big win, especially in that drama-packed game, um, and turn around around and, and 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 you know, drop these games. It is a little rough, but yeah, that is college football, man. That that's it, it is what it is. You can get real high, but you don't want to get too high. You want to get too low. Moving on to the SEC, obviously these were key games in both sides of that conference, and you can pretty much, you know, you never know, but you can pretty much give now Georgia and Bama, um, you know, that meeting that they're going to have in the SEC championship, you'd assume, but like you said, you never know. Um, great game with LSU and Alabama for a while. I mean, this thing was razor tight uh, all the way until it wasn't. It was 28-28. And that's where, whether it was, you know, holding them, uh, turnover on downs, uh, an interception, you know, making a punt. And for the most part, you know, getting, you know, three touchdowns in a row. They did miss the field goal, and that sucked and all, but not really, you know, by that time. It wasn't a big deal, and they burned seven minutes off that, you know, off of that clock anyway. Um, And once again, you know, if we're gonna go hard on a kid early, we got then when stuff starts to change, you gotta you gotta say, hey, the kid's coming around. The combination of coaching, defense, running game to a tune of two eighty eight and six tutties. I mean, Jalen Milrow did what he had to do in the passing game, was efficient, and then bust out hundred and fifty five yards and four TDs. That's the second time in a big-time game the kids stepped up. Everyone was – not everyone, but a lot of people were counting Bama out like they're going to win or they're going to lose, you know, four games this year. That is not the case, my friend. My only what if this game is um, if if uh, Jaden Daniels doesn't take that helmet to the chin, does this game go into overtime? Like – that game really did kind of die. I'm not saying Bama doesn't deserve the win. What was but it? Well, like 12 minutes, right? 12 minutes down, two scores, 12 minutes left in the fourth, something like that. Uh, I, th- I thought he got, I thought he got jacked up in the third. Yeah, I, I, th- I think, th- but that that really kind of changed the whole momentum of the game. Like, cause it, it that Dallas Turner, who uh, I'm not saying the guy's a dirty player, but he slid in for a sack and. It just the way the helmets got positioned, he he literally put that crown of his helmet on the guy's chin, which thank God he didn't like shatter his jaw. But after that play, Daniels came back in for one set, they pulled him out again. Like after that, LSU just wasn't quite able to reignite the offense. Because and 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 you gave Miller credit, which he definitely deserved. Hell, I think Jaden Daniels was playing 
maybe even better because that guy was. Well, yeah, but that's to be expected. He's a Heisman candidate. Well, true, you know I mean? true. But I, I just I was giving him credit because so many people gave him shit early. Oh, and, oh no, and, you know, and, and I'm with you. Know, games that he's done really well. Oh yeah, I and, and we we called that too. We and said, it was hey, twelve minute mark. Okay, twelve. 12 okay, twelve. Mark. All right. In the fourth. Thank you. So we we and we we did we did we did say hey Milrow is a regular college quarterback that the kid has potential to be good but let him go through some growing pain something Bama fans aren't used to and he has grown up and the kid does have a great deep ball it's just that intermediate stuff he's got to improve on but yeah so in the twelve minutes left I my my time was a bit foggy um that really kind of killed it because that offense really had for the most part been moving the ball very well while Daniels kind of was doing it on his own and. You just kind of had a feeling of when Nussmeyer came in that there was not going to be some great comeback. Like, if Daniels is still in the game, he probably drives down and scores, and it probably doesn't become a two-possession win. Uh, so my only thing about that, though, is, before I get back to the game quickly, is how is that not targeting? Out of all the football I've seen in my Great. whole life, a dude's crown of the helmet hit a dude in the jaw. Like and he, and, and he launched too. And I was waiting the whole time for like, okay, obviously they called him sportsman or unnecessary roughness. But a good buddy of mine who was there in my group chat was like, well, are they going to review targeting? Like that is the the textbook of what I would think you'd want to avoid. And even the announcers were like, I don't think the guy's a dirty player, but man, that hit looked really bad just to, from the angle and how it happened. It's like the fact that wasn't reviewed. Like I don't. I, I'm at a loss now for targeting because for the most part, I think college football has kind of been good on what targeting is a little more than the NFL at times, but to not kick him out the game, like crown of helmet hits jaw and he gets a free. I, that was just super strange. And from the sounds of, it, I don't think Daniel suffered a major injury, which is good because the guy's a great part for college football and he's having a hell of a year. Like you said, a Heisman potential, but yeah, that was kind of a tough blow for LSU um, in a game that was so much fun to enjoy, obviously LSU Bama, um, it, it 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 always pretty much delivers. Um, I will say the biggest thing again was aside from the Daniel situation was LSU's defense is not quite what it's been. Okay, I mean obviously you know he, hell the when it, when Burrow was there the defense didn't matter, but for the most part LSU's defense has normally pretty pretty much been better. Yeah, yeah. and Chris, this is a Bama team who has won. More than five games this year by a touchdown or less, or like or ten points or less. Right. So you will, I will give Milo credit. He's improved. He's growing, but he he struggled against a lot of like um, SEC teams to win by two two field uh, two touchdowns or more. So the fact that he kind of moved at will against LSU is a sign of LSU. This is not the the DBU team of past like LSU's defense. I think we knew that coming in. Yeah. But it is amazing how, like, how that defense is really a, a couple steps off what they're used to. If that defense was even slightly better, it could be having a really nice year. But, hey, yeah, for Bama, uh, a nice win. Uh, that was a fun game. Uh, and, Miller, hey, you're continuing to grow. And you still got a couple games. prime time games, he's lit it the fuck up. There's no – doesn't matter about one-score games, missed – in he's been the shit in yeah. these games. You, you, There's you just want no it, way around it. You won at A&M, which is a tough environment. You beat Tennessee, which is a rival. I beat LSU. So hey, you're 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 doing your part, man. You, there's a lot of other teams who would not win all three of those games with a quarterback who they didn't have trust in. And obviously, I'm sure 
Saban's is coaching the hell out of him and, and making him better, and, it, and it's showing. So, hey, hats off to Bama. You're eight and one now. You're clearly still in the playoff picture, hundred percent. And yeah, that that was a fun game. I just wish that injury hadn't happened, but that's football. It is what it is. Unfortunately, for that part. Yep, and they beat Ole Miss in that time too, didn't they? True. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Get about that Again, one. <laughs> in, in in a sluggish a sluggish first half, a very ugly first half where Ole Miss had the lead. But the same with Tennessee half, game. Amen. Yeah, but the second half matters more than the first half a lot of the time. So, hey, uh, tip of the cap. And, dude, yeah, to run 155, that's that, – that, shit, that's – hell, that's Especially hell when they game. haven't had this monster running game this year. You know what I mean? True. Yeah, he does not have his regular way. workhorse running back that Saban normally always has or has had in the past. And uh, to your point, in the 2000s, you know um, – LSU was a, a team that actually needed more offense and was squared around their run game and their defense. True. Um, so you're right. Uh, Georgia, Mizzou, like I said, on the east side of things. Oh. Tough one, man. Very tough one. Tied at half, slight lead, 13 to 10, back to back touchdown drives. And then, uh, you know, got a touchdown note, you know, pulled within three. I think it was another field goal drive, yeah, because it was 21-7-21, and then, you know, uh, I think it was right around midfield pick, and then oh. the field goal, and then it had a 10 play, not much going on in that drive, but still driving in another pick, but, uh, you know, for two straight years, they've shown they're right there with this team, and just couldn't get over the hump, man. Hats off. Credit. I'll, I'll even shout out Drake. What's hey, dude? You you you've you've put up a hell of a fight the last year against the the back to back champs. The only part that kills me for this game was the interception that he threw. Was you can't yeah. make that play. Like I know that I'm 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 a regular 38 year old sport fan guy, but that that's a pass that as as a, a high level college quarterback, dude. You're, I know you're trying to throw the ball away, but you you had time to throw. It can't happen. And you, yeah, you just you, so. And for people wondering, Missouri's at midfield. They have momentum. There's about five and a half minutes left in the game. You're down six. You you've already moved the ball. You're, you've had two first downs. Like, hey, shit. Like you might go and you might go and get the lead. Like the things are looking good. And then you mean to throw a ball away, and you literally throw it into the hands, into the chest of a D lineman. Who to give his credit caught it, ran the ball back about forty five yards. So like, Couldn't quite man. finish it. <laughs> No, they, what the, his, his post game press conference, man, my, my chest and my stomach, that was popping out. I, I was losing <laughs> breath, man. Yeah, I, I, I love the honesty, dude. I, yeah, I'm sure he was, he was getting winded. Uh, but that He's was a big such, man. That, that was just such a killer because that, that was an unnecessary pick and they had momentum. Uh, so hey, Mizzou again, tell the fight. You covered the spread. Spread was 15 and a half. You easily covered that. You put up a good fight. You made Georgia work for it, but. What year um, is that QB? Sorry to interrupt. I want to say he's a junior. I think he's a junior. Pretty sure. Not 100%. And, man, Schrader from Zoo. I know you were on the losing effort, but, dude, that running back, dude, he he, he actually kind of controlled the line of scrimmage. Like, 22 carries, a buck 12. He, 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 uh, man, Mizzou played a great game. But, unfortunately, yeah, did. Um, Georgia won. And I'll give this Beck kid credit because, you know, we didn't really know what to expect after uh, yeah. Stetson, Stetson Bennett left. But there's oh. been 
There's been four games now in conference play where Georgia has been down at half or tied and been looking sluggish. And to his credit, he's hanging in there, making the right plays, kind of kind of like Milro in a way. Like, okay, like, who are you? What? Are you, how are you going to prove it to us? And right. obviously there are different people. Like, this Beck kid for Georgia is not going to run like Milro, and he's not have the deep ball that Milro does. But yeah, Georgia's passing a lot better than they normally do, actually, this year. Yeah, they, they actually are. Yeah, he actually, the kid actually makes a lot of maybe not quite the deep, deep throws that they do it for Bama. But he but is yeah, hitting right. his tight ends, and he's making plays. Which at the end of the day, this is without all, their guy too. Yeah, with yeah. So uh, I'll tip the cap to Beck. Hey, dude, like you might you might even throw a better ball than Sensa, man. Who knows? I'm not a Georgia huge fan, but he's making the plays he has to make in a ton of close games, which will probably benefit them down the later in the year or when uh, the games matter more around January time. So, hey, Georgia again. Maybe it's the hangover. Maybe it's the fact they've lost a lot of people to the pros. They're not quite blowing people out, but. They're yeah. winning games they need to win, and that's the end of the day, really all that matters. Yep, and all that matters is that plus 17 that I – plus 17 and a half that I bought to hit, too. Um, oh, Are you yeah. talking about teams that don't play defense? That's funny that you say that because I was going right to that. I was going oh, right to God. that. Uh, Washington and USC, and what's crazy is, don't get me wrong, you know, Caleb and, and, and Michael Penn, they had good games. But, golly, I did not expect both teams to run like this. And to a lesser extent, obviously, Austin Jones had a nice game and whatnot. They, they got over 203 rushing yards. But on the flip side, Dylan Johnson, 26 carries, 256, 9.8 a clip for four touchdowns, the longest coming with for 53. Uh, yards and overall 316 five tutties um i think this is actually very important for washington because that has been one of those things that no matter what and actually on the cover three they talk about this a lot too where it's like even if the defense is set up to give away some run they were still passing into the coverages it's like dude we get it you guys can pass it's great but you don't want to rely on that and it and in this last month or so, of course, take away the Oregon game. But the last month or so, that's kind of one of the reasons why they've been struggling in these games. Where you're like, dude, fucking run the goddamn ball some. You know what I mean? Um, but I was impressed. I was really impressed with that. Um, and, it, and it adds a different layer. Not to say that they never ran the ball, because they did. But they just, you know, they, they got the best passing offense. So they're going to do that. But, man. Um, 52-42, take it away, sir. Hey, you, you saw the news, right? Yes. Okay. Finally, thank God. It had, um, <clears throat> being a USC fan since 2003, I hopped on the bandwagon when I was in Alaska. I didn't have a football team to really cheer for as a college football fan in Alaska. So I joined the Matt, uh, line at Reggie Bush bandwagon club. And since then, it's not been too much to cheer for. Uh, like I, I'm to the, and I, this was maybe a couple of drinks talking and last, uh, during that game, but it's like, dude, Lincoln Riley, either you got to find an established defense or like, I want you to leave. Like I get, on oh maybe or, but Hey, Jesus no, but no, but Christ, no, so let's dude. be realistic. Calm if, down. If, no, but Hey, no, but if your goal 
is to hire a guy that's going to have you contend for a national title, right? Because that's probably what USC wants, correct? Two years, though. We're not even two years. We're not even two years into it, correct? True. But, yes, but if you're going to continuously – if your track record shows you cannot coach a defense, I what I it's like, what are we truly doing? Like, could we be a, a top 15-ranked team at the end of every year? Yes. But the, just this is – it happened to you. It's happening here. The guy doesn't know how to do defense. Now, he finally fired his buddy, uh, Grinch. He finally fired him. But – and, again, I, I get I'm being petty here, but – You've literally now. You're being about uh, as petty as possible, dude. But but no, but like, but if, but if the goal break. no a year no. and a half in, you're gonna fire him. Get because out of if, here. No, because if you're not gonna coach defense, what's the you, you ain't gonna win a title. So who gives a shit? I want a guy that's at least gonna be a little more well rounded. When's the last time you won a title? Uh since um, coming close to twenty years now. Yeah, no, I know, but so that, there's been a lot of people in and out of here. I just to to do it in the that's about as knee jerk as possible. But but I'm for sure a that's year a sta- and a half. True, but that's the standard they a want. A year and a half. I'm, I'm not even thinking about the financials. Well, the fi- yeah, but I'm just saying, like if if this is a guy that just if if he ain't going to be able to if defense is never going to be his priority, do you want him long term? I don't know. You got because. Last year in big games, defense was shit. This year, Notre Dame, 48-20. You lost to backup in Utah, 34-32. You beat Cal, 50-49. You lost to Washington, 52-42. Like, I just, again, this is irrational, but if Lincoln Riley can't coach a defense to save his life. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There's a lot of, when you say coach a defense, just stop, dude. What are you well, the talking defense is about? trash. I know, but he's not going to coach the defense ever, dude. And you know what? There's a lot of great te- – you think Saban's coaching the offense? Fuck no, dude. He's not coaching the offense. Like, he needed to make this firing. That's what it was. Other, the other stuff, you're going way over the top. So, so, so does Saban coach the offense? Nick Saban's a good coach. Does – Saban coached the offense. I'm sure he voices his opinion. So is it going to take three times to ask the question? No, but, but, but I'm just asking a basic question. He does it, not. I'll answer. It, but his his so, offense. So is, you his kept offense saying is coaching it. You're right, but he said kept coaching, and you're right. You're right. When he needed to make a change, he did. Yeah, they they went more offensive. They leaned into it. They got wide receivers. They got stud quarterbacks, and they leaned all the way into it. And that's why he's the best, at least modern day coach of all time. Sure. But to sit there and say he can't coach defense, that's where you lose me because that's okay. not what they hired him for, dude. It's about I, getting a better defensive coordinator in there. That's what it is. Okay. Well, I I hope it changes. I I do because again, I, well, I guess hey, they made the change. True. Now, you, that is fair. You Now you have to bring someone in that knows what they're doing because you don't want to go backwards more. I just – it's in, in – yeah, okay, so, yes, I, obviously he Lincoln Riley is a quarterback whisperer. He is. But it's just painful to know that pretty much every big game you've been in that your odds of winning are slim just because, you know, defensively you're at you're a level below – what is required but to be a been doing that can... This has been USC for a long time. You can't just put it all on him all of a sudden. No, it, no, that's not true. But it's, it, it just gets so lost. It's very that, true. It's, it's annoying very as shit. True. 
so and, and I think the link and I think I'm just obviously comparing his time at OU where he had the quarterbacks there again to be an elite offense, but the defense was. I think I'm kind of looking at Lincoln Riley from his like overall coaching coaching resume. Of obviously, again, I I could I could have much worse coaches. You want to look at his defensive resume, not his coaching resume. Yeah, so because you're totally disrespecting some. You act like what he did at Oklahoma is easy to do. No, give me a fucking break. Yeah, I just I just hope that if if his if if he can figure out if he can bring in a defensive guy that can make his defense a little better of a team. Then USC could be in the in the potential for to potentially be a Final Four team the next handful of years. They could, but it's and I guess haven't had that potential since like 2009. If we're being honest, and that was no, I, I know, I know, I know. So, and and so it just gets old. Keep it to in see. perspective. Yeah, thank God you're gets, not hiring and firing. No, okay. it just gets old to see your team consistently have a defensive shit the bed year in year out when you should be able to recruit players who. Are at a higher level of skill. Like it's you, not the players. It's not the players. Well, then, then, then I'm happy you got rid of the Grinch. Let's bring in a new guy. <laughs> and if 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 that doesn't you go sound well, like the Grinch for Christ's sake. I I know. I just it, it's just this painful to see. That, it but, sounds like you've been winning national championships the last five years, and you finally had a shitty team. Like it's like what well, the I, I just dude? I just I'm just tired. I'm tired of seeing defenses that are sifts. Then don't but, watch the Pac-12 Network. Well, it, it, because what ha- I mean, I, I, so I well, literally I thought that before I looked in the stats, I thought that the Washington running back in that game averaged about seven yards a carry. He averaged nine point eight. That that that's I that is numbers you normally never see. So uh, the rant is over. Improve the defense because again, and and I'm not saying now I'm not saying that even this is realistic. Chris wraps this up. Is this a USC? Uh, Trojan podcast or but, not? No, so, you want to get me going on my golfers? Is but is I mean, it realistic? Is it realistic to expect to contend for a national championship? I'm not sure, but I'm sure that's what they told the fans when they hired Lincoln Riley. But for that to occur, he has to figure. He has to bring in a guy who's a defensive whisperer and make some improvements because it's painful to watch. You know that pretty much every big game you play, your team is not going to win because your right. defense is now, shit. You could have just so, said that. Right. You yeah. just said that. If you okay. just said that, I wouldn't have said shit. Fair you start talking about you're going to fire the guy after not even a, a basically a year and a half. That's just asinine, dude. You bought yeah. him a goddamn house. Huh? Yeah. Uh, huh? I, I'm not. I'm not saying I wasn't. Dude. There, there was some emotions talking. There was, oh, I, I, I'm wow. not saying it wasn't a little rational, but it it's just all right. I'm a done. Little. <laughs> a little. Jesus, it's, it's we're 40 minutes into this, and so next week on the U.S. Trojans podcast of the week. Jesus Christ, dude! But my but Hurricanes they, lost to NC State. You see me freaking out? And yeah, hey, Vegas, Vegas knows USC is a seventeen-point dog at Oregon. Oh, oh man, that yep, Vegas knows. You know, got D. So we'll see. All right, I'm done. Jesus Christ. Okay, so on that. Hey, moving, note, on, moving on to my other guy. Moving on, this will this will be a lot quicker. Good old lady. You've been dogging your Missouri coach all year. Meanwhile, I, they've had a great year. You're up I, there dogging them all the day. I compliment Drinkwitz on this yeah, show. Once, first time all it's year. The first time, first time podcast ever. <laughs> this motherfucker's had a great year. A couple weeks ago, they they landed a bunch of recruits, and it's like it's never good enough. 
This fucking guy. All right, so on, on to a man I will this almost This isn't the 90s in Jimmy Johnson era Dallas Cowboys. I got news for you. Good old Lane Kiffin, my, my one reliable man. Uh, hey, pulled out a win, 38 to 35. Does he coach defense? He needs to coach defense. Uh, I, he, I, I ain't ripping Lane. I, I, I got my, I got my, uh, the Rams of off my chest. Of course you won't. <laughs> so they won 38 35. They're still hanging there potentially to may, may, maybe, if Bama was to slip up, could potentially maybe win that uh, SEC division. Probably not, but there's a, a small chance. Uh, Old Miss was able to win with a uh, A&M field goal being shanked at the end. Um, Brain M, man, I, speaking of coaches on hot seats, maybe less, a little less hot or more hotter than Lincoln Riley's, is Jimbo Fisher. And that, that team is now 5-4. and four. Again, they have, they, their expectations are probably higher than USC's. Um, Jimbo suffers another loss this year, 38-35. Uh, Jackson Dart for Old Miss, again, I'm not the biggest fan. I don't think he's the most elite college quarterback, but I think he's improving this year as well. Uh, Quishon Judkins, who I'm assuming probably going to be an NFL running back, 23 carries, Bucko, two, three TDs. Uh, Ole Miss did just enough. Um, they always seem to play A&M pretty close. And, hey, quietly, A&M is uh, – Ole Miss is ranked 10th in the land. They're probably still looking outside that playoff picture. Uh, just because they lost the battle, they probably will make the SEC title game. But Lane's having a very nice year. Uh, Jackson Dart is continuing to make progress. And if you're Jimbo, if you lose a couple more, I know that buyout is absolutely insane. I think the buyout this year is 78 mil, and a and probably does not want to pay that. I'm not saying they couldn't because they do have a lot of rich boosters. They probably don't want 78 mil. Another tough loss for A&M, and you're now 5-4 and four in the year, 3-3 three and three in the SEC. Uh, man, Chris, that, that's got to just be more bad news for the people living in College Station. Yep, definitely. That that was a nice win. A and M, you know, looked like they were might pull it out there at the end, and then it just did not work for him. It's, it's not working for him in general. Definitely, and he's his, his seat's hotter even with that buyout. I saw how you threw that in. Lincoln Riley's hot seat. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Couldn't just leave it alone. You had to throw that in. You got to be out of your mind, dude. Out of your mind. And I love you. Bobby, I've known you for a long time, but you're out of your fucking mind. Okay, uh, Clemson got it done. They finally didn't have 17 different turnovers on the inside of the yard line. Um, they definitely had some uh, Utah. I'm not going to go Iowa, but they had some Utah vibes on offense where you're like, well, we're just going to win this game. We got a lead. We're going to sit on this puppy. We're not going to get too loose, uh, which, honestly, at this point, with all their mistakes they've had, I don't blame him. I really don't blame him. He got the dub. I think he's now the winningest coach, Clemson. Um, got the plus three. I just knew it was finally they were going to break through. It was just a matter of time. They're not nearly as bad as their record says. But, you know, at the end, that's what you get judged on, uh, all those damn turnovers in the key spots. But they did get it done. Give them some credit there. Um, Notre Dame's going back to the drawing board. Um, you know, let's see how they do on the road uh, for the rest of the season. But Arizona at home, it's not a fun place to play right now. 27-10. to 10. I know the quarterback got hurt, went with the youngster more. But Arizona at home, man, they're looking good. And, and speaking of home, I did. I liked Iowa State 2.5. I bet on it. I'll admit it. 
Um, Kansas, man, got to give them credit, too. They got the job done 28-21. They're securely in the top 25. Um, and I mentioned Army pulled off a really big upset handedly, too. 23-3 to Air Force. Just got ranked to, like, see ya. Have a good one. Take it easy. Um, Sam Houston got off the schneid as well. Amen. Late. Good we were a week late on that one, huh? I think we are a week late yeah. on that one. But, hey, I'm happy for him. <clears throat> um, any other items? Because we do have to kind of push the gas, man, since we got into, you know, that big fun argument debate style. The only part is the fact that fucking Iowa is 4-2 and two in the Big Ten. They're leading their division, and they average 13 points a game in conference play. This, this how much have they given up? Oh, uh, well, shit, less than uh, less than thirty. I I I'd have to do the math again. But I've looked at the fact that out of all the teams in the Big Ten, they've scored the second least amount of points in the whole conference. So out of the what the fourteen teams in the Big Ten, they've scored thirteen amount of total points, and yet they're winning their conference. So. That team continues to def- continues to defy odds. That makes sense, but they're they're atop uh, the West, which I, I would love to see the point spread when they play Michigan or Ohio State or Penn State in the uh, Big Ten title game because that's going to be insane. But it's ugly. But hey, if you, I get at the end of the day, as I said, all that matters is winning games. Whether you have an offense, a defense, or a special teams, or a badass punter, man, Iowa, what what ugly brand of football that you're somehow seven into. Um, and like you said, hey, shout out to Army. Army's having an atrocious year. I know uh, Air Force's quarterback has been hurt, but Army's been like really, really bad this year. And to pull that upset off, that was probably that was truly probably the upset of the week just overall. And my last note, I called Pitt to win outright. They didn't get it done, but they did cover the spread. So Pitt came through on the spread. It was seven to seven versus FSU late second quarter. They had a missed tackle on a tight end play and kind of broke open the second half. So FSU won, but Pitt did cover the spread. Goofy things happened there, and that's all I got for week 10, my friend. I saw this stat about Iowa defense that they okay. gave, in the last two seasons, they've given up the same amount, I think, in the last six games or something like that of USC. Just wanted to pile on. Um, it's something like that. Some kind of crazy ass. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, shit. You know? Yes. Because, I you know, completely we, agree. Deep, the thing about their defensive special teams, that has to be such a high level. Um, yes. To be able to even have winning teams. Um, and they did get nicely the Midwestern way. They nicely said, hey, we're going to need you to leave uh, and leave your shit here, like the computers and all that. At the end of the year. So, uh, Junior is actually gone now. The office coordinator is, mm-hmm. is gone. Yep. But they let him down slow. They let him down slow. Um, because, you know, after all, they're probably going to be in the conference finals. So you might as well, uh, keep them around. All right. So before, and we gotta, we gotta, we gotta tighten this shit up. Okay. Yep. Um, first ranking, like I said, when I, I, I always do this every year. It's like right away I want to break down all this stuff. I'm like, okay, it's first rate. Just, just, just calm down a little bit. But also, I, I remember, and someone said it on a podcast, that I remember the first ranking of all time, you know, like, and it was some crazy shit that was never going to happen. 
Um, now that's not this, you know what I mean? This, a lot of this stuff's gonna happen. Um, but the biggest thing was where Wa- it basically Washington didn't move up from the AP poll, and some people thought they would. You know, they were in five in the AP poll. A lot of people thought that they'd jump in that top four. And the committee committee did not like the last month of getting by. You got to take Oregon out of there. And now at at some point, you got to do that with Arizona too. But that seemed like how you're beating teams and who you're beating. Now, Georgia and Michigan um, – because obviously the ranking was before this week. So, you know, Mizzou was 17th or whatever. But, you know, that wasn't, you know, that they didn't beat them yet. So Georgia and Michigan does seem like, yes, Michigan's dominating people. But they haven't played anybody yet. They play someone we'll get to that Penn State here uh, this week at least. But in Georgia, they've played some te- pretty good teams, decent, better. T- well, hold on. Better teams than Michigan, which isn't saying much. So neither of them had really played another top-level team. Um, and some would argue, a couple weeks ago, my co-host, that, that Missouri's is not even a top-level team anyway, um, and the coach has got to go. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I do think, obviously, Georgia won back-to-back championships. They're living up, you know, what they're doing in Michigan. You know, they've had good two years in a row. And they're dominating people, so and they have the talent, and they have a lot of returning people. So that's why I think that they're kind of getting the benefit of the doubt there. Um, but OSU has like the best. We thought the best. Everybody thought the best win um, was Oregon, right? That was the best win. Um, now they. Ohio State had two, at the time, top 15 wins, right? So do they have as high a level win? Uh, no, because Penn State's at 11, Oregon's uh, six. And if you go head up, uh, the run-pass combo of Oregon is just good, would overwhelm uh, Penn State at some point. We know Penn State's got a defense. They didn't lean into the running game whatsoever in that game. So until they start to pass and run, that we can't line them up uh, with Oregon. They have a shot this weekend. Um, so what says you? Were you okay that Washington, they didn't like the, the last month of just getting by to under 500 teams? Or did you think that they should be bumped up higher? And then Ohio State, and of course, we can't count, if we're not going to count the Mizzou game, we can't count the Rutgers game just yet, because as we know, it was a tight game till somewhere in the third quarter. Really, I mean, they were losing. Then they were just barely winning. Then the score made it look like it was uh, wider. But like I said, two compared to one, um, that's that's what the committee's telling us anyway. What would you think about Washington? And then Florida State's just chilling at four. I got to admit, I thought Florida State would be five. Um, just because, you know, what is their best win then? You know, LSU? Uh, that that's what it was, right? So to me, I thought they should have bumped up over Florida State, and uh, at least there's some arguments about how you're playing beyond that. But what were your thoughts? Uh, I'm I can't argue too much. I mean, at this point, it, it's still so much time left in the season. You're kind of splitting hairs. Um, 
I mean, Ohio State, though, was tied with Maryland. They should have been down at half to Maryland. They were down at half to Rutgers. I think Washington has just – Well, we can't looked, say Rutgers because that didn't happen yet. Or who, who did they just play this past week? Rutgers. Oh, they were, weren't they down 9-7 at half? But that didn't happen before the rankings. Oh, 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 oh yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I, I, I think that – I just don't think Ohio State's offense has quite clicked like they're used to. I, I would say that right now I would give the edge of Washington over Ohio State. Uh, Hold on. Based I, off offense? Because, because, because we could say something about Washington's defense. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think you're – I, I think you're. I think both those teams are very close and comparable. And yes, I mean, well, and my other part would be just as we move on to the next week is that Michigan they deserve, but Michigan hasn't played shit. So like, yeah, at I least think at least Ohio bad. State and Washington have played people of the like competition worthy. Michigan has yeah. the zero next to their name, but Michigan's strength of schedule they haven't played anyone really at all to even make them sweat this year. So. Maybe, yeah, they're maybe. dominating and living off last year's team. It feels. Yeah, uh, I could committee. argue. I could argue that Ohio State and Washington have just as so much of a bragging right to be as high as Michigan because at least they've played some teams that yeah, make them I agree. have I agree. to prep for a game. So that, that I guess that's what I would say on that. And I'd say that over Georgia too. Uh, I would too. Going into it, going into yeah, it. true because. Kentucky's pretty good. They have some pretty good wins. It's better than Michigan, but like we said, that's not saying a whole lot. You know no. what I mean? Um, I think since we're this early, then don't be afraid to go Ohio State Washington. If, if it's this early, who yes. gives a shit? You know what I mean? I um, agree. So yeah, I think they should have been one and two if you're just going to go down to the best wins. But Every year the committee is a little different, and you really got to hone in on what they want. So right now, performance is a huge thing for them. And oh, by the way, you got some solid wins. That's what it feels like right now to me. Um, but we'll see. We'll see if it changes, or you know, we'll see. All right, let's get into this here. Michigan, obviously, I say number three and number eleven. We don't know what they're going to be, but that's what we're going to go with right now. Michigan, Penn State. On the road, now it's not a whiteout at night, right? But it is on the road. It is their biggest test. They're only a four and a half point uh, favorite. And <laughs> according to ESPN Analytics, Marshall, 50.7, they like Penn State by .7, basically. 50.7 to 49.3. And you know what I just noticed? I think ESPN's listening to the podcast because the whole points and all that stuff, yard. First of all, they took the, the points away this year. Now they took the yards away in the premium, the, the or the in the preview. You see when sure. you go, when you hold that. There's no yards anymore. Notice that there's no yards, no defense, offense, nothing. They took. They're, they're listening to the pod. They're sick of us breaking down stuff on their site and giving them shit. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I don't know what to tell you, man. But what, what do you what do you, what do you think here? Will they say, you know what? What do we have to lose? Let's air the freaking ball out a little bit, and let's also lean into our run game, even though we know that's what they're going to be trying to stop. But what do you what do you think is going to happen here? Um, I'm going to take Penn State plus four and a half. 
I do think that they've been tested. I'm not saying they're the better team, but shit, again, what do we know about Michigan? They've literally played no one this year, and I do think that there is a distraction going on. Like, I even saw the ESPN headline today, Michigan could face punishments for their uh, coaching spy gate uh, or glasses gate at Central Michigan. I don't know what the hell you want to call that, but um, I, I just think Penn State is a beast at home. Uh, they, it always seems like they seem to have a whiteout game against Ohio State. I guess this year, though, well, it's during the afternoon. Gus Johnson's calling it. But um, I just think that uh, I think Penn State finds a way to cover it. And I think they actually pull off the upset. I think there's been too many distractions. Penn State's been tested. Michigan's going to get punched in the mouth. And I think they come up a little bit short. So, uh, and hey, McCarthy, prove me wrong. Like, hey, Michigan, this is your time to actually play someone who's ranked and good. So see what you got. But yeah, I'm taking Penn State with the upset. So McCarthy, prove you wrong. You don't think McCarthy's good? Well, I, I think the kid's good, but it's net now. Or I prove me wrong was the wrong quote. Like, let's okay. see how you do against the, in a big game because I've heard a lot of people say he's a Heisman candidate, and that is fair. But now you have to actually go earn it versus a good team as opposed to like the kind of the charm and soft schedule you've had so far. So your numbers are respectable, but now you have to actually go play against a team who's going to make you work for it a little bit. So. Be curious to see how they perform in this game on the road. Now, the stealing signs thing, that's kind of interesting because, first of all, we know teams steal signs. We know that. Sure. Um, And actually, there's some news that just broke a couple hours ago that a former staffer has shared documents with Michigan that shows not just one Big Ten team, but multiple Big Ten teams had the Wolverine signs, too. So I don't think it's as big a deal. I don't – well, I don't think it's a distraction. I really don't. I really don't. I don't think it's a distraction because it's not something that's – it's a common thing to try to steal signs. The very common thing. Now, could you bend the rules or straight up break them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think ultimately they may get in some trouble, but the only thing is when you open up that box, you know – are you going to just open it and slam it really quick? <laughs> or are you going to open that thing and go, let's see what's in here? You know, that's, yeah. that's what I never trust with the NCAA. You know, what is your motives here? You know, what are we doing here? Are you going to use testimony from a dude in prison like they did with Miami? <laughs> or are we going to, who's going to sell his book and needs money because he owes, you know, millions of hundreds of millions of dollars? Are we going to do that or are we not going to, you know? So I, I, I need a little bit more information, and that's what's going to come out over the years. I got Michigan, though. I got Michigan. I think they'll cover. But I'm, I, really, I really hope Penn State, of course, you're not going to let loose and throw 50 times, right? But throw the damn ball down the field. Who gives a shit anyway? If you go 10-2, you go 10-2. You know, there's no point in holding back, you know. Now, Georgia, can we get a letdown scenario here, my friend? Is this a possibility? They're at home, ten and a half point favorites. The old Miss expert, the old ball, well, not the old ball coach, the old offensive ball coach, I don't know. But Lane Kiffin, ten and a half? Is that is that are you looking at that like hey wait a second we can score a late touchdown is there a letdown here what what are we talking uh man uh, 
I can't really erase how much it seemed like Jackson Dart struggled in that game against Bama when they had to make clutch plays. And I would like to say that Bama's defense is probably on par with Georgia's this year, relatively. Sure. So I just don't think Jackson Dart has capabilities to um, make good clutch passes. And uh, now I will say Mizzou exposed uh, Georgia's D-line. I thought, I thought Mizzou ran the ball incredibly well. And yeah. obviously that is one thing Lane Kiffin's done a great job there. He's kind of revert to being a running team. So I think Judkins has a good game. I just don't think Jackson Dart can win you a game against Georgia. Feels like maybe Matt Corral a couple of years ago, I'd be more in favor of it. But I think you need a clutch quarterback to beat a team like Georgia, who's 27 and one in the last 28 games. So I hope they pulled off. I do, but I wouldn't feel too confident uh, predicting that on the show. Yeah, I like Georgia to win. I, I guess I, I get, the thing is, the letdown, it's like, you know, they were a favorite by a clean margin. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like, let's freaking, you know, pop the champagne. We won. You know what I mean? I, I just, I think they'll win. And, and they'll probably cover. But, yeah, I, I'm interested to see Old Miss only has one loss. And this would be a time to, to – and this is the year, I'll say this, even the yeah. number one team, right, we know the quarterback's not ready to go yet. We know that. We True. know their running game is not all that good. I mean, it's okay. It's getting better, but it's not what it normally is. Now, their defense seems nasty. We talk about Washington. Their, their defense, eh, so-so. We were wondering about their rush game. Well, they, they told us something about it anyway. Obviously, that's against the poorest defense. But yes, the whole point is we've been talking about this whole year that, man, too bad we don't have 12 this year. <laughs> because, oh. I mean, any, you know what I mean? It, it's it's still wide open. It's still wide open. It is. It doesn't feel that way. Um, maybe because we got the rankings and people are starting to lose and all that. There's only five undefeated left. There's still a lot to play. It's, it's November 6th, people. Everybody calm down. Now, let's keep it personal, and let's keep it in the SEC. Tennessee coming into Mizzou, one-point favorite at Mizzou. Is Mizzou going to, you know, get right back up, jump on the horse, and get this dub? Because I feel like they're going to, but what says you, my friend? I don't get why Tennessee's minus one. Like, I don't I don't think that it's really a huge hangover spot for Mizzou. They were a 15-point dog at Georgia. Yeah, uh, they overachieved. Yeah, Tennessee's last two games on the road against good teams, they, they they got up early on Florida, got up early on Bama, and they blew out both. They got they choked in the second half of both games. So um, I think that if, they, if Tennessee wants to run the ball, I think Missouri will run with them. I think Missouri's defense is probably slightly better than Tennessee's, so – this spread confuses me a bit. Again, I, I you could say it's a letdown spot for Mizzou, but again, you almost beat the number one team in the country. Like I don't think that's really a letdown spot. So, I yeah. I think I, unless that Luther Burden is dinged up because he got dinged up a little bit. In that oh yeah, game. that's a good call. You know what? That's he, what sucks about Monday. Maybe yeah. You know, but like if, if we could do a podcast on Thursday, some of this stuff would be tightened up. You know? Yeah. But if Burden's healthy, I like Mizzou. Like Tennessee on the road, they've struggled this year. So I think Mizzou takes care of business at home. You're still having a good year. Again, that coach is doing a hell of a job. And Cook, you had your one slip up with that bad interception, but you're still having a hell of a year. So I don't 
I think Mizzou should be favored at home. I don't get Tennessee plus, minus one. Plus 100 uh, on the money line on my bookie right now. Yeah, I, I would look at Mizzou. And let, now, if Burden was out, that's their story. Because, again, that guy's a top five receiver in the country. I know I say that every week, but the dude's that's good. That's a good call, though. If that's he's out, call. though, yeah, then that's, a whole, that's a whole different ball game. So you, I would check on his stats before you make a bet on that game. Yeah, otherwise I got Mizzou. That's a good – that's a great call, though. That's a very good call. Um, and then um, – oh, yeah, so we'll go, you know, kind of quickly in the Pac-12 if we're being honest. Um, Oregon, USC. Oregon, since that loss, looks like the best team of the country damn near. Yeah, They've been true. devouring people. Um, and then, you know, Washington, Utah – just doesn't feel like Utah has it offensively. Uh, sure, they you know have like like that that quarterback looked a little better at that position. You know, a guy who's been around a little bit, not a ton of playing time, but you know he did. They did look a little better there. But I, I just I like Washington. I mean, obviously, I think we both like Oregon, but I, I still like. I, I don't know. I think Washington. It's 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 a rank versus rank, no doubt about it. But it just doesn't seem like I don't know eight and a half points at home. Um, but that that's what it is. Eight and a half points in a tough place to play in Washington. We love to bet Utah at home. This game's in Washington. That place will be going fucking nuts because they know what kind of year they're having. And. You're going to have to play somewhat of a shootout, and I don't think – now, I know Washington's defense is not that good. They, that got showcased, too, in that, in that USC game. But you're at home, crowd will be going, and that Utah quarterback is not Caleb Williams or Bo Nix. So I actually like Washington minus the eight and a half to cover or tease them down to like minus two, minus three. That's a hell of a good bet. If put Washington in a teaser – I, I don't see how Utah wins on the road with a back quarterback, Cam Rising out for the year. Yeah, I love Washington to cover or love them even more to tease. And, yeah, USC, man, they, they, hell, you've had four games in a row which have been like beatdowns. You've lost three. Now your defense has to go out again against a, a just as good of an offense, a different one, but just as good. Yeah, man. If Oregon scores less than 40, I'd be surprised. It's just you're going up to a hornet's nest. They're like you said, they've been rolling. They're they've been pissed off since they lost to UW. I think it's a tough spot for UFC. Could they cover the seventeen? Sure. Like Caleb Williams could still probably put up numbers, but right. that's a that's a tough spot to make that game within a single digit final score, yes. That's a good way to put it. I, I totally agree with both of the with that um as well. Um and you know, Washington now, you know, being fifth may have been the best thing for them, to be honest with you, with their mindset and everything. Yeah, true. Like, we, and they we can't afford to slip doing it. Yep, we got to keep doing it. We can't mess around. You no. know, we got to we got to go out there and beat teams and, and cover this spread and that type of thing. And as much as we don't want to admit it, you know, covering the spread for a while there, Michigan wasn't doing it because they were just like, "Are you guys done? All right, we'll we'll, we'll call off the dogs." But now they're they're doing more of that. But Yep. That that stuff matters, especially it, it appears anyway through one week with this committee. Now, we're going to go over some other games, but I do – I in my, uh, in my college football weekly predictions, I hit all four of my against the spread. That can be found at the Grilling Truth or Sports News 24. 
Had a great week that way. Had a good week, very good week betting, too. Um, I got a bunch of plus numbers I'm looking at here, Marshall. I mean, I, I, the plus number for, you know, Mizzou, it's not a big deal, but I, I, I marked that down as what? Wait a second. Um, but plus 13 West Virginia against Oklahoma. Kind of interesting. Miami turns the ball over too much to be a, a 10 or 11 win team this year, right? But plus 14 and a half against a rival, I, I don't know. We'll see on that one. Stanford was a, a, a like a 13-point underdog. They ended up winning the game. Now, do I think they're going to beat Oregon State at Oregon State? Hell no. But plus 21 makes me scratch my head a little bit. Um, there's a 14 and a half Georgia Tech Clemson. Do I think Clemson's going to win the game? Sure. 14 and a half, though. I mean, you had Dabble on the ground like they just won the chip almost. That <laughs> I know. He fell to his knees. Uh, that's emotion right there. And then I think it's plus 20 Virginia with Louisville. Plus 20? Are we sure? Are we 100%? I don't know. But that's my plus numbers for the week, my friend. At least the ones I'm looking at. Haven't put down a bet yet. Going to get some of them in tonight. But, yeah, just kind of eyeballing that. And then the letdown I talked about, OK State letdown at just this scrappy, weird UCF club that almost beats good teams and then gets beat by teams they should, you know, you can't figure them out. And my favorite bet of the week is KU. Uh, we're not talking basketball, so I'm allowed to say it. KU minus three and a half <laughs> against Texas Tech. I think that Bean is on it, having a hell of a, a good year for filling in for Daniels. Um, KU's playing good football. And Texas Tech, uh-huh. man, you've, you've had a dis- – what have you really done this year? You've had a lot of Just disappointing losses. Just with Oregon, and that's about it. And, and they're normally a different beast in Lubbock. This game's not in Lubbock. So I like – God, it feels True. weird saying this. I like Kansas, minus three and a half. Mm-hmm. Again, this is not basketball. Do not, like, uh, uh, Photoshop this in. But, yeah, I like uh, <laughs> KU – Minus three and a half, and I'm with you. Georgia Tech has had that great win against um, North Carolina. They smoked Virginia. Got to regret not bending this past weekend. And I think they could easily, like, run the ball down Clemson's throw and make that game close. And, yeah, if you get two touchdowns plus a hook against Clemson and Dabo, I, and a, that could be an easy letdown spot for Clemson. I definitely like Georgia Tech um, minus or plus 14 and a half, excuse me, uh, this week. Yeah, it just seems a little – a couple of those really – you know, last week they didn't catch my eye until a little later. They named a couple, but these six, I'm like – or five of them, I'm like, huh, I'll probably take three out of those five, just mm-hmm. uh, narrowing it down. All right, so we really have to get out of here. Let's do it. We're back on the board, my friend. We're back hey, on the board, for Christ's sake. The, the boys drama. Were... The drama finally went the other way. I know. We got it I done know. at the last second. Thank you, Akron. The boys are 5-5 five and five now on the Crafty Crap Pick of the Week. Moving on to Week 11. This one's quick. Navy Marines Corp. We're going Air Force, or we're going to the, excuse me, we're going to the military. Okay. The UAB, the Fighting Trent Dilfers and the Dragons. What are time? Trapped, what time? Uh, 2.30 CBS Sports. The, the Trent Dilfer-led UAB uh, boys who oh, made God. the bad beats with SVP a couple of times versus the Navy midshipmen. UAB is a three-point road favorite in Annapolis, Maryland. Okay, going against the troops. Uh, 
UAB is three and six. Navy's three and five. Now, normally it's it's really easy to find a couple of one and seven versus one and sevens. This week really didn't offer that, but this is a obviously a, two teams who were struggling a bit this year, and I thought this was the best crafty crap pick of the week. So take it away, brother. UAB and Trent Dilfer against the Naval Academy in Maryland, Annapolis. Trent, like he should have just he should have just stick to, to you know breaking down quarterback <laughs> and screaming at teenage kids. You know what I mean? Because like, we've seen all those videos of him in high school screaming at teenage kids, mm-hmm. freaking the f out, and you know. This one is a shitty game, but it is a good call. And uh, when you said that, I scanned some other stuff. You're all right. It, it is a tough week for the for the segment. It, yeah. I, I scanned it really quick, and it's like, yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, it is. That was tough. <laughs> so this this fits. Um, now off of the tried and true uh, formula, grinding it out with Tulane. Um, playing Georgia. Notice how I said playing them. Didn't really do much there. No, but I mean, a lot of times when you play top tier teams in these rot, this shit, it, it helps. But you know, what Notre Dame? They almost beat Memphis. God, this is a good matchup, and this is where I need the damn running stats. See, dude, they're they're against us, dude. They're trying uh-huh. to take us down because I literally have to go in. Well, I mean, Navy's still running a lot, right? I mean, I, I heard that yeah, they're yeah, switching they, up yeah. something. Yes, I know they're switching up something, but they got to be still running a lot. Yeah, oh, they're running. Oh, they're running. The, 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 the quarterback has 522 yards passing, so they're they I'd say they're running still. Um. Not as effectively, though. They got, like, six guys that run the damn ball. It is much tougher to do this without the damn stats in front of me, dude. Holy shit. Um, Tried and true. We're going to have to make an adjustment here um, with these stats. I don't know what the hell is going on with ESPN. They're trying to take us away. But uh, tried and true method. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. But I'm gonna go with the Blaze, the Blazers, the UAB to come into town um, and beat. You know, was it the Shipmen? Is that what it is? The Navy Shipmen? Yeah, the Midshipmen. Yep. Midshipmen. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be anti-American, I guess, um, and uh, and go with UAB Blazers to get the job done, my friend. For the alumni battle, it's pretty sad. UAB, the only people I really know are Roddy White, who was a Falcons wide receiver, and Graham McDowell has been a great uh, golfer for the uh, Europeans for the last uh, decade plus. And obviously, you got to tip the cap to the Navy midshipmen, who had Jimmy Carter as a president, uh, David Robinson, the admiral for basketball, John McCain. They, they obviously, and they're, they're supporting the troops. So I will take the American side from the alumni battle because it's not close. Chris will take UAB in the football field, and that wraps up what was a very fun, uh, entertaining, rant-filled. I I, I even complimented Mizzou this week, so (laughs) it was quite a show. On that note, we appreciate your support. We're getting closer and closer to January, which means very good college football playoffs. We're out. We love you. Have a good night. Peace.